You are joining Talking Neoteric, a podcast that advocates for and shares new ideas, ways of thinking and doing about who we are, what we do and where we do it. Talking Neoteric spotlights creative practitioners, sharing their work and practices, each demonstrating their reach far beyond the arts with contributions to the broader health, livability and prosperity of regional Queensland. Today I've come to the lands of the Grand Garang people, the town of Monto, a rural town in the North Burnett region. The region is picturesque, environmental beauty is abundance. It's got natural resources that supports diverse agricultural industries. The community is healthy, it's an incredible lifestyle. And because of this, many families have called the region home for generations. And that's the case for the person who I'm sitting with today, Matthew Jemison. Matthew, it is great to be back with you in Monto. It's been a while. And you wear many hats, but particularly for my interest, you're the director of the Monto Museum of Art and also the son of the late Gil Jemison. So Monto Museum of Art, we just happened to be sitting inside it today. You had the vision to make a home for Gil's collection. It's been a journey to get here, that's for sure. But we're inside this building, so take us back. How did, how did you get to be here? Well, I suppose over the years, the community in Monto has made attempts to have a space for Gil Jamison's work. You know, we've tried and looked at it. And then during the beginning of the COVID period, my daughter and I were walking up the main street and we noticed this building, which is actually the one we're in here, was actually owned by my uncle, Gil's cousin. So, and the two buildings were for sale and we managed to arrange the finance of the building. And then from there, we've basically set up a an incorporated association to manage the buildings. So the family owned the buildings and the family owns the collection. And we wanted to have a small association which like act as trustees, the members act like trustees, and then we can have a place to hang the paintings and display play the works and then look at the other painters who are an important part of Monto's history too, which is a, a painter called um, Patrick Hockey, who was a, a contemporary of Gill's. And then we kind of discover later, in a sense, un, unbeknown to me, that there's even a more famous painter called um, Gordon Bennett who comes from Monto too. And so, and he, paints some of the kind of composition story that Gil, Gil was trying to crack. So we, we kind of begin to see in setting up a place, there's a recognition that, and I suppose we understood in the beginning, that Gil's importance in painting the Australian landscape. And that's where I think our trajectory is, is looking at Gill's place in painting the Australian landscape. 
And I guess Monto is a, is a natural place for the Museum of Art, given Gill's connection to the region. So what, what is that connection? What does Monto mean to your family? Well, our family uh, were one of the first selectors. So there's, there's a period of the early colonisation history, which starts in the 1850s. But our family comes and selects here in 1923. So after the stations are broken up, then there's closer settlement and smaller blocks. And we, our family takes up four of those blocks, which is at Three Moon beside the silos. So then we, and that property has actually stayed, well, two of those properties have stayed in my uncle owns and I live on one of them. So we've been here ever since. That's a, that's a long time. And obviously then Gil's time here as well, inspired by the place and the people. Yeah, and, and what my Uncle Peter was just saying yesterday about that was that my grandfather, his brother, and the other members of the, the Jamisons that moved here were never really comfortable in the place, but Gil loved it. It was his, his place. But he always felt a kind of... Uh, this difficulty between want be, wanting to be part of the Melbourne art scene, which he was definitely part of, and return to again and again and again, and being home and living in Monto. So he kind of had this sense of both wanting to be here, but wanting to, to really mix with his contemporaries, I suppose. And so what would have Monto been like for him in, in those in those times, did, did, was that ever shared? He was celebrated here and loved. I mean, he was this eccentric in the town, used to wander around the street in a sarong and, and be just the crazy artist of the town, so to speak. But then again, he would also have these events where we, he would have exhibitions in the town and everybody used to come along. And he'd also have these, he'd go away on these painting trips in West, throughout Australia into um, the north and the west and the centre and up Cape York and paint gouaches. So he was, in a sense, a painter that painted two styles of paintings. So he was, a, in his oil, was a figurative expressionist. And when he went away, sometimes he painted in oil, but obviously carrying oil paintings around in a land cruiser on a trailer you've got limited capacity, but he used to also paint in gouache, which is a watercolour mixed with gum arabic, so it has more body and more colour, and it has some of the elements of oil painting in it, oil paint, but he enjoyed using that. And he, in, his, in a sense, he was an impressionist when he painted those because they're very sensitive. <laughs> they've, he used to paint them very quickly, like 15 or 20 minutes, and he'd paint an instantaneous reflection of it. And he used to paint two a day, he'd paint one at dawn and one at dark virtually, or when the light was suitable. I mean, once I remember being with him in MacArthur River in Porolula and he painted four in one day because the dawn never came and the fog stayed and he just painted it and painted it and painted it. And he, he always told a story of Nipak Kabarinki, who's a, a song man from Kakadu saying, after Gill had painted one of these gouaches, Nipper looking at it saying, you got him, you got him. And Nipper's interpretation was Nipper felt that he'd caught the essence of the country. 
That's incredible. And he was such a prolific painter. And I guess that starts to come through in the collection that your family now holds. Yes, well, we've got... We don't know exactly, but there seems to be maybe 2,500 works or 3,000 works. And it's definitely like half of what he painted. And perhaps a lot of things we don't have, which are probably the paintings that are easier. So we have the difficult... more, And we've got some very masterful... Um, of his easy paintings to look at, but then there's a lot of paintings which are diff very difficult subjects, tortured subjects, sort of the torture of the country just against the First Nation people, against animals, with animals, and he, he huge pathos in paintings with, you know, picking up stock that are dying in, the, in, in a drought, but also, you know, castrating people and <laughs> and animals in the same things and also the sort of violent um, situation of people living in the country both in terms of the landscape but also in terms of you know the domestic life of people which he kind of dutifully participated in he'd and dutifully recorded so we've got this cultural story of Monto and it's what's one of the important things about the museum I suppose we can place it in its milieu and put place it where it came from rather than putting it somewhere far away and I suppose one of the objectives initially when we set up the museum was that we thought well it becomes this cultural icon and a, a, a cultural tourist destination so people will understand the period both of Gill's life and what happened in the country, but it also reflects the stories, the oral history stories which he heard or knew about of what happened around here. And so as you've said, a lot of what Gill reflects through his work are experiences and some of them are experiences in Monto. And so the community, they're, they're embracing of that self-reflection as well, like they're accepting of the works. Oh, yeah, I think that people... Well, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's some work which we put on display which um, people do find very uncomfortable and I think, and depending sort of the material, we've got to be a bit sensitive about perhaps some of the First Nation stories he represent, painted, but also, um, you know, the personalities who some are still alive, but I think most people accept that, you know, he's painted something which, you know, can be, can be told and retold. And, and people come back, people, one of the things that people have been doing in the last year is they know that their portrait's in the, in the collection and they come to look at their portraits or look at their father's portraits or, and it's very, that's very a lovely kind of thing because, you know, there's, they painted 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and we can tell the stories of the, of the people. And some of them are gone, but, you know, and, and we'll hang, especially the ones who have gone, we can tell their story. And I've, um, I've had the opportunity to come to just a couple of the events at the museum, and I guess from my lens, 
the community is 100% embracing the museum, the, the attendance, the participation, the volunteerism. It's really alive at the museum. Yeah, yeah, we've, well, <clears throat> we did, we kind of went through the process of setting it up for a year and that was really the core of our, if you like, our group and its family members and its, and it's our, our small membership, like our trustee group. So we set that up and then we exhausted. And then come back a few weeks later and there's people waiting at the door to actually volunteer who we've had nothing to do with. So there's a community in Monto who we had no idea really existed. And, and as a result, we've got yeah, people went. Some we know, some we don't know. But you know, we've got a yoga class which is very well attended once a week in the gallery, and we've got a, a <clears throat> the performing arts group, the Monto Performing Arts Group, who's who's doing their their rehearsals in the gallery, and we've got a music group which comes in on Fridays and plays music, and there's people waiting to listen and participate, and and um, the Monto Performing Arts Group's also been doing. Uh, writing, creative writing workshops with primarily um, high school and primary school kids in the museum after school. So it's it's really, it's got a life which we hope would happen without us really. Um, and that group basically comprises the people that keep it open during the week. And I, I've been basically working out the back trying to build things and make it a bigger and more functional space. And then the, I've got, in saying I've, I've got to build and do things at the back, we've, we've also got to record the story of Gil's work, which is, that's one of the bigger fights for me is with internally is actually building the structure and whether that means online or promotion or the physical structure of the building. And then recording the stories that are in the work and and making sure that they, you know, what what what, what cultural material I sense he's he's collected, because I happen to be the person that knows it the most, I suppose. So and then from there trying to connect to other people that are related in the stories of the paintings. So we really need to do that work. And I guess you have such a pivotal role because you not only have this knowledge of Gill as a person and Gill as an artist, but you're also the director of the cultural institution as well. Yes, well, hopefully not forever, but <laughs> I'd love to. Um, <laughs> I'd love to... As we said, we called it the mower so that it, the egg would break, the fledgling would hatch and it would walk away by itself and I'll go back to my other things that I need to do. Oh, but certainly for now, for now, Matthew, you're here in front and centre. So, yeah, I mean, you slightly touched on it, this idea of director of Monto Museum of Art. What does, what, what does this mean right now? Well, well, it's all about getting the thing off its feet and going, I suppose. It really is, you know, making the threads of connection that we've had in the past 
and through you know our committee and all the and the other other members of the Monto Museum of Art who are virtually our trustees to make that story who are interested in that story of the landscape and Gill's role in painting the landscape and the, you know the whole Antipodean involvement of Gill in that but also broadening it so we actually can encompass those other artists, you know, Hockey and, and Bennett in, in our story and then bring that into the museum and actually give it a new, if you like, participation because we were looking at an institution where we want people involved and the communities come in and become involved but, we, but the art side of it is what we really want to be involved in. So we're looking at, well, for instance, my daughter Sabine is Look at still a, is at National Art School, so she wants to bring her contemporaries here to do um, open air painting, and we're looking at you know similar kinds of looking at the way making a body of information or or about landscape painting reflecting into into the academic of. Of, of, of the arts, I suppose. So use this story of what we have here and the material will have this to feed back into the arts in, in the bigger centres, let's say. <laughs> yeah, and you've taken on um, such, such a big project and you're working your way through it. So over the last few years, you've prepared the physical space. You've got the governance structure happening and then you're slowly chunking away at really practical project levels. Yeah, well, that's what my interest... I mean, really, the stories of the paintings and, and placing the, the, the art that was produced in Monto back into it where it could be placed is what we're interested in. So it's really the yeah, placement of that story back into the, into the art. I don't know what the word is, milieu. And, yeah, I guess you've opened with this exhibition that we're sitting in. So what was the idea behind the works that you've selected for the first hang? Um, well, it was really about hanging Gill's 72-foot painting, which is um, a work that he painted in 1973. So 1972, we travelled around Australia and ended up in Perth and came back. Gill went into the desert, went crazy. My mother went and picked him back up in, in Mount Isa. And then he came back here and he set up a... a um, a trailer to take paintings, and he wanted to do this big panoramic picture in the in the in centralist, probably on the the Mirage Country as he saw it, but it was raining in the Mirage Country, so he ended up in um, in um, west of Alice Springs in the McDonald Ranges and painted the work work there, which is uh, is a monumental work and loved by the community in Monto, and so that's what we really wanted to send it. We called it Opening the Panorama, and it's a panorama, and Roger Oswald, who painted went out and painted, not painted it, but travelled with, out with him, is still alive in Monto, and we hung works, I don't know, about 20 works, which were representative gills, and ones that are in good condition that we could hang, that look at the this you know what what his you know his representation of his work in over the period of his life I suppose without but no gouaches it was all all oil paintings 
And you've got, as we said, that collection to draw from. Over time, will you, is the idea to keep changing? What are you thinking with the works on display? We will hang, yeah, we'd love, as a, going back to the physical, fixing up the physical space has become a big slowdown of, of actually getting the change over happening because we need that time. Um, we've interested in um, exhibiting works in other spaces and we've, we'll probably have, before we get to change our work, Mandabra Gallery will probably have a small exhibition of our work. We've made friends with the, the guys in the pub Albert Hotel in Monto who have been buying works on, on the online auctions and we've, we've, we've offered to hang a painting of their hotel back in their hotel. So, and so we, we, we will hang, when we get it together and probably later in this year, we'll, we'll change it. So it looks like once a year really to change the uh, what's on hang. And it sounds like you're already having these tangent links beyond your physical building. Um, you've mentioned having yoga inside the space and creative writing, the connections with the pub hotel at the top of the street, supporting other regional galleries. Is this, is this where we can see Monto Museum of Art sort of playing and performing? Yeah, yeah, we'd, that's totally how we'd love to work. I mean, we'd, because Rockhampton Gallery has an important collection of girls' work. We would like to work with them or we've talked to them about it. We've also been um, on the side connecting to where there are other girls' works, Parliament House and and then the other and other other gal national galleries around Australia. So we 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 also try you know, there's work in the Queensland Gallery which we kind of we're getting to understand where the rest of the paintings are and try to work jointly Rockhampton's closer, so if we're going to work with a big gallery, it's probably them. And there's so much ahead of you, as we've sort of touched on today, from building accessibility ramps to, you know, working on exhibition lighting, creating publications. There's so much that, yeah, people can do to support Monto Museum of Art. How can people get involved with you? I suppose they just give me a ring and we can... <laughs> And you're very generous. Your number is on the front door generally. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Well, at the moment we only have a, a, a Facebook page, which is Montomoa, so they can find that and find me. Or otherwise, if you Google us, I'm sure we'll find my number. Yeah, and there's so many ways to be involved with Monto Museum of Art, from education, programming, um, donations and membership uh, through to exhibiting in the future. We'd love to... Uh, we're all about stories and people with stories, we'd love to bring back the stories because that, that's really what we're about, is the stories of the town and the stories of this, where we are. So we've, all the time people come in and in a sense we're enriched by the stories they can tell about their interaction with Gil or interaction with the town and it often relates to what's in, a, in the paintings, so we've been working on that. So if you've got the stories, please come and tell us. Yeah, well, Matthew, as always, it's been beautiful to have the time with you. And while I'm in the Monto Museum of Art, I will take some more time to look at these incredible paintings, but congratulations for what you've done for the museum and we'll keep an eye on what you're doing.
Thank you for joining Talking Neoteric, a podcast that shares new ways of thinking and doing through the lens of visual artists and arts workers. Listen in next episode to see where Talking Neoteric is in Queensland and who joins the conversation. Talking Neoteric is curated by Bianca Simovic with production by Ashley Salter. This project was made possible through the Australian Government's Regional Arts Fund, funding through the Regional Arts Australia administered by Flying Arts Alliance.